This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning again, Bethel Temple family. I'm, I'm so glad you're tuning in with us today. And, you know, we look forward to coming back together in, in person, but <clears throat> we're so happy that we can have the opportunity to reach you by way of these airways. I'm glad you're joining with us today. As my wife said, we're starting a new message series, and it's entitled, Know You Turn. You know, I know we're very familiar with the, the, the U-turn sign, the Know U-turn sign, and, and we see those all along the road as we, we travel around. Now, basically, these signs are to prevent people from making illegal turns. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been riding around the roads, and, and, and I've seen people just swing a U-turn right in front of you, I mean, just in the middle of traffic because they decide they want to go in another direction, and, and they'll just do it right in front of you. But these signs are posted uh, uh, because drivers, you know, should know that, that when you do that, you run a risk of injuring yourself and possibly injuring some other driver or maybe even a pedestrian who could be crossing the street. Or, or, or maybe if you lose control trying to swing this U-turn, you could run all up on the curb and cause a whole lot of trouble. But there's something I want you to notice about uh, our, our U-turn today. Because if you notice on that sign, there's just a, a directional sign. Basically, it's focusing on the direction. But when you look at our, what we're talking about today, our know you turn, it, it, even though it sounds the same, but we're focusing on the Y, the O, and the U. In other words, we're talking about you. And if wherever you are right now, I just want you to just, the person that's near you, just let them know, oh, oh, that's talking about me. See, this is about you not making a turn. So we're talking about you. This is personal. It's about us as the body of Christ is, you know, not making turns unnecessarily in this life. So you've got to understand, we make a lot of decisions. There are things that help shape us, you know, our knowledge, our, our social upbringing, our experiences, and, and all of our influences that we experience throughout this life help map out this plan that we're traveling along. The road that we're on, you know, has all been affected by everything that we have encountered throughout our life. And those things are good because uh, uh, the knowledge that we have, it helps shape that knowledge. You know, but these, these experiences, however, as we, we travel down this road of life, you'll find that every so often we, we get some, some, some unexpected and, and, uh, and unplanned for challenges. How many of you have ever had an unexpected challenge or an unexpected something to affect the road that you're traveling on? Well, if, if you didn't raise your hand, if you didn't say, yes, I have, let me remind you, let me give you just two very recent ones. How about a pandemic called COVID-19? I believe that has probably caused some, 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 some turbulence in your road that you're traveling. How about the social injustices? How about the social unrest? that we're experiencing in the United States even right now. I'm sure those things have caused you uh, to, to, to have to slow down on your road of travel and to begin to, to even contemplate. Some of you have even contemplated, maybe I need to go back the other way. Maybe I don't need to keep traveling down the road that I'm on because uh, it looks like that road has a lot of challenge and trouble ahead of it. 
But see, as believers, we understand something about these unplanned and, 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 and these unplanned challenges, you know, because these are what we consider to be our wilderness experience. How many of you ever been in a wilderness experience? Trust me, if you haven't been in one yet, just keep living and you will experience your own wilderness experience. Now, we don't choose these things. I don't know anybody who chooses. I just want to experience the wilderness experience. I want to go through the challenges of life. I want to go through the hard knocks. I want to, that's how I want to get my shaping. I don't think any of us want to do that on our own. But see, this is what happens when God allows these wilderness experiences to, to impact our life, it's because he's doing something. He's working in us. He, he, is, he, is, he is doing something in our life that we need that's going to be for our betterment down the road. And so sometimes it's good for us to experience wilderness experiences because it helps shape us. Listen, uh, 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 look, things that are in your life can be birthed out of that. There's some things that can happen that sometimes you won't even experience until you get in the wilderness. See, sometimes if you're just walking and everything is just so great and everything is all good, you know, you won't experience the things that God wants you to experience in order to prepare you for down the road. And so that's what this wilderness experience does. But we have got to be willing to say to ourselves, no matter how tough, how tough the road gets, how tough the wilderness gets, we have to be willing to say, no, you turn. And I just encourage you right now just to begin saying that to yourself. No, U turn. No, Y-O-U. I'm talking about myself. I'm not going to turn around now. I'm not going to go back the other way, but I'm going to keep pressing forward because I know that God is going to lead me. And that's exactly what we'll see in our main text for this series and it's coming from Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. And, and just two verses are the main two verses, but there'll be many other verses that we'll be going through as we move through this series. So if you turn to Isaiah chapter 43, and if you'll go right to verse 18, and we're going to be reading verse 18 and verse 19. And it says this, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look, the book of Isaiah is a very complex book. In it, Isaiah is proven to be, he's proven to be a true prophet of God. You know, this is one of the greatest messianic books in the Bible. See, Isaiah understood the nature of God. And see, God's God is operating uh, throughout here. He's showing that there's a tension between two, two ways. See, God's way is the way of holiness and righteousness. And then there, there are the people of God who, who, who keep venturing from that. So there's a tension there. So, so what, what Isaiah is seeing here, there's a tension between what? Between God's mercy and his judgment. There's a tension between justice and forgiveness, his, his discipline and his salvation. And can you imagine God being the just and merciful and loving God that he is, but having to deal with the other side of things because of man's continual uh, desire to step outside of what God has instructed him 
to do. So Isaiah would declare to Israel, God's judgment was upon them. He wanted them to understand God's judgment is against you, uh, but, but through this judgment, it wasn't to destroy them, but the judgment was to make them better, to purify them, to clean them up, and to prepare them for what? For the coming, the soon coming Messiah. See, he wanted to get their hearts right. See, God loved his children. And he wanted to have relationship with them. But you know what? God can't have relationship with us when our hearts are black, when our hearts are turned away from him, when our hearts are not the way they should be, when our hearts are hardened, when our hearts, you know, are full of stony, stony material. God wants our hearts to be loving and toward him. But I believe God loved his children. How do you say that? Because the reason why I say that is because God, no matter how many times they, they fail God or turn their backs on God, God's love always, even though his judgment came, but God's love always continued to extend to them. Why was that? Because God made a covenant. See, and God is not a covenant breaker. He is one who's going to, to honor his word. He made a covenant with Abraham, and he said, I'm going I'm to hold to my covenant. I don't care what the people do. I'm going to continue to be faithful to what I spoke, because that's who God is. He's not a man that he can lie. He can't go back on his word. He, can't, he doesn't change his mind, he, he, but he wants us to line up according to his way. Listen to what it says in Genesis 17, 7. It says this, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, talking to Abraham, and you and your descendants after you in their generations. See, he's not even talking about just those that are right there, but he's talking about in the generations to come. And it says for an everlasting covenant. What does that mean? That means that covenant will go until the end of this world. God is honoring that covenant. He said to be God to you and your descendants after you. So it doesn't matter where you are, how old you are, when you were born, this covenant is still extended to you. However, we still have a responsibility to walk it out the way God has set an order for us to walk it out. Listen, God's love was so great that even when his people were, were, were fell into the hands of, of the Egyptians and they were being oppressed and, 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 and just, I mean, just really just, just beat down. But, but guess what? It was because of their rebellion. It wasn't because God just sent them out there to punish them, but it was because of their, their bad decisions, their bad choices. But even in that, God still had his sights on them. He didn't just turn his back and forget about them and say, oh, just let them suffer. God was still there. Look at Exodus, the second chapter, verse 24 through 25, and it says this, so God heard their groaning. See, God doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't ignore you. Yeah, sometimes you might be going through something. You might be experiencing some pain and some trials and some tribulations, and you might be crying out. Don't ever think that God doesn't hear you. Don't ever think he has turned a deaf ear to you because that's not who he is. But the scripture goes on to say that God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. See, he didn't say he let them know. He, he wanted, them, he wanted to, them to know that I see you out there. I know you're going through some things because of your own mistakes, your own decisions, but I, I, I haven't turned my back on you. And sooner or later, I'm going to bring you out of that situation, but it's going to require some things on your part. God loved his children. He loved his people, and he wanted a relationship with them. But as we look at history, guess what we continue to see? 
We see so many U-turns that the children of Israel, God's chosen people, made. So many U-turns, so many U-turns, and so many Y-O-U-turns. Why do you say that? Why both? Because not only did they turn in direction, but they even turned their hearts away from God. You know, they wanted to be like other people. They wanted to be like other nations. They wanted to serve false gods and other gods instead of the God who loved them, the God who created everything, the God that's sovereign, the God that's above every and any God that man could come up with. They wanted to, to, to go and be with those gods. But God didn't want that. But see, this is what happened. See, they changed directions because of their hardened hearts. See, when you get your heart hardened and when you get rebellion in your spirit, it's easy for you to step outside of the things of God. And sometimes you feel like you're doing okay, you're doing right. But guess what? Guess what? There's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, that way leads to destruction. See, it's only one way, and it's the way of righteousness and holiness. It's only one pathway that God has set, and we can't deviate from that path. So in our text today, you know, the prophet is, is talking to the children of Israel, but he's talking about future. He's, he's reminding them about their past. Now listen, now you got to pay attention to this. He's reminding them about their past, yet he turns right around and tells them, uh, 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 don't remember the past. Now, because God is about to do something new. Now, that probably sounds a little contradictory. Okay, now you told me to, you, you reminded me of the past, but then you told me to forget the past. So that, uh, that doesn't really make sense to me, Pastor Charles. Why, why, why? You know, and so as, as we unpackage, as I, I plan to, on purpose to unpackage, you know, these, these scriptures and, and this series over the next few weeks, I'm hoping that in the end, you'll really truly understand what God is doing. But I want to start with something. I, I have, a, I have a, a gentleman, a pastor that, that I, I just love. I just, I, you know, I, 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 I listen to him all the time. He, he's one of the inspirations to my life. He's a great pastor and teacher, you know, in the person of, of, of Dr. Tony Evans. And he has a quote, and I want you to hear this quote. He says this. He says, as long as you are too attached to your past, you negate what God wants to do in your future. He goes on to say, learn from yesterday, but don't live in it. And I believe that's exactly what the prophet Isaiah is, 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 is saying here. You know, he's calling his people to remember the past. See, he didn't want them to forget what God had done because God had done great things for them. Remember, he had brought, you know, they're, 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 he had brought them out of the land, out of the, Egypt, and he, he, they had crossed the Red Sea, and he had protected them, and he kept them during that time. But guess what? He, he wanted to remember, I am the God who can deliver you and set you free. But I don't want you to stay focused on the things of the past because I'm about to do something new. And in order for you to understand what's getting ready to happen, you need to stop looking back and you need to start looking forward. You need to start focusing on what's here and what's now and what's to come. And sometimes that's hard for us to do because we love to hold on to what was. See, there were so many great movements of God throughout, you know, this, this, this great Pentecostal movement. We love to talk about, oh man, Azusa Street. We love to talk about the, the, the Great Reformation. We love to talk about Brownsville. We love to talk about all the great revivals. But God is saying, yes, I want you to see those things. I want you to remember those things. But I want you to understand I'm still God, and I'm still powerful, and I'm still moving. And guess what? I'm still in the, the I still have the, the ability to do even greater things than I did back then, even now, and moving into the future. But you can't 
can't move into the future if you keep looking to the past. So what he's telling us, I got something I'm going to do. I got something new that I want you to experience. But in order for you to do that, you got to stop looking backwards. See, see, I, look, th there's a purpose. Uh, 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 look, it's like a rearview mirror uh, in your vehicle. Everybody should have a rearview mirror in their vehicle. Now, now, the rearview mirror does this. It shows you what's behind you. You know, now it, it has a useful place because sometimes you need to glance in your rearview mirror when you're about to make a lane change to make sure it's safe to move over. Every now and then it's good to just glance up at it, you know, just to see what's going on behind you. But see, you got to, got to understand that, that the mirror is not made, the rearview mirror is not made for you to, 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 to glance. It's only made for you to glance at, not to glare at. See, you can't keep all your focus on the rearview mirror and expect to keep moving forward. See, because what's going to happen is you're going to end up getting in some trouble. See, if you're looking into your rearview mirror while you're trying to move forward, guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up causing some, some kind of catastrophe ahead of you because you're not watching what's coming. And so if we're always walking, looking backwards, guess what? We're setting ourselves up for a big crash. We're setting ourselves up for some big uh, uh, thing that we can run into that we're not even prepared for because we're not looking forward. And God is saying that we can't move forward. I can't move you forward looking backwards because you need to look where you're going. You need to see what I'm trying to take you to. You need to see what I'm trying to do now in your life. And I'm trying to do something brand new. See, it's okay to glance up every now and then in that rearview mirror. But when you look forward, especially if you're in a car, there's a big old piece of glass that's in front of you. It's called a windshield. And you can see a whole lot more out of the windshield in front of you than you can see through that small glass that gives you a rearview look. And so I would encourage you today to get out the rearview mirror. Take a glance at it sometimes, but you need to look out the clear glass in front so you can see what God is doing, where he's taking you, and what is the new thing he's beginning, he, he's trying to get you to step into. Look, I just encourage you right now just to, to look at somebody wherever you are and, and tell them this. Say, glance, but don't glaze. Tell them, glance, but don't glaze. Because if you get caught glazing in the rearview mirror, it's no telling what's going to happen. It's no telling what circumstance you can find yourself in. Listen, our past... Everybody has one. Our past is like the rearview mirror. And look, every now and then, it's okay to look back there. See, now, I don't know about you, but I got some stuff in my past that I don't want to go look at again. And I think we all have that testimony. And, but sometimes you can go back there and find yourself staring at all the junk in your past, and that stuff can become so overwhelming that you can begin to believe that I don't have a future because of my past. But that's not what God, that's not, that's not what God says. See, those things are only one thing. They become your testimony. See, when you look back into your mirror, when you look back into your past, that's only the testimony of what was because now you're where God has taken you and it's not who you are today. See, we, we, we got to understand that God has, has brought us out and it's okay to look back. It's okay to thank God for, for what he did back there. But you know what? Now that he has me right here, I'm not looking back there and holding on to that. I'm not even dragging that stuff around with me. I'm believing right now that God has something that he's taken me to and taken me forward through right now because he said that I got something new for you. 
See, right now, that's the current season of your life. And we don't want to miss that by looking at yesterday. So you can get so stuck on yesterday that you forget about today and that you haven't even begun to think about the opportunities for tomorrow because you're stuck in yesterday. See, glance, but don't glaze. See, it's okay. It's okay to do it. It's okay to look back there sometimes. But listen, don't keep, don't get stuck there and don't find yourself uh, 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 always, you know, making, making, making every reference to the past because God has a great future that's ahead of us. Now, keeping our focus in the past, you know, it can keep us from obtaining the new because you, if you're always focusing on what's behind you, you can never begin to focus what's on front of you. And the Apostle Paul, he understood this, and he began to encourage, uh, 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 he, he encouraged us in Philippians, the third chapter. See, he understood about this looking backwards and looking forward. And he said this, he said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things, there it is, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul understood that. He said, I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, he, he, it's like a dedicated runner. See, Paul understood that there's a single goal. See, when runners running a race, we just came out of a ready, set, go series. Runners running that race, he's running the race to get to the finish line. He wants to win the race, but he has to have a single view, but his view has to be focused forward. You can't run a race that you're running in a race in your lane and you're looking back to see who's behind you because you're going to run up, you're going to run out your lane, you're going to trip, you're going to lose your momentum, all kind of stuff is going to happen. And Paul understood that, that I can't, I got to forget all the stuff that's behind me. Paul had a bad past. He had a terrible past. Why would he continue to look back there? Well, Paul was responsible for Stephen's death. Paul was the, persecutor, the chief persecutor of all the saints, the Christians, the believers, but now his life has been transformed. So for him to look back, all he wanted to do was take a quick glance because he knew where God has brought him from. But if he continued to look back there, then he'll begin to, 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 to find his life by that. But see, when Jesus comes into your life, guess what he does? He takes a big old Holy Ghost axe and he severs the chain of all of your past. So you're no longer what your past defines you as because now you are a brand new creation in him. That's enough right there for you to get excited about because I don't have to define myself by who I was. I could define myself by who I am in Jesus because of his impact in my life. See, we can learn from my past, but we're not bound to it. And I thank God for that. I'm glad I don't have to, I'm not bound to my past. I'm not, I don't have this ball and chain of all the junk I did, all the wrong stuff, all the stupid things I did. And yeah, I said stupid because I'm telling you what, if you in sin, sin makes you stupid. It makes you do stupid things. It makes you do stuff that you sit around and say, why in the world did I do that? You find yourself in circumstance, you're trying to figure out how did I get here? Sin. That's what it does because sin does make you stupid. But I'm glad God severed all that stupid stuff, and I can walk free now. I don't have no chain that I'm pulling. I got to pull all this junk around with me. And so, so, so we have to make sure that we do everything that we can do to keep from getting stuck in our past and ensure that we experience the new thing that God has for us. And right quick, I got three things that I believe that, 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 that will help us to do that. 
And they are just simply this, to return, to refocus, and to recalibrate. And you notice that all of these things, all three of these words start with a prefix, re. And what is that? Re is again and anew. In other words, it's this. It, when you put a re on the front of a noun or a verb, what it does, it creates a new word. And this word, is, it changes the position or the state of that word. So we're going to take a quick look at these three re's uh, to ensure that we don't get stuck. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to get stuck looking in the back, looking in the past. I don't want to get stuck looking in the rearview mirror because I want to experience the new thing that God has for me. Now, the first one is to return. Return to what? Return to the Lord. Listen, remember Israel, they're in exile. Even right now, they're in exile because of what? Their hard-heartedness, you know, their rebellion, their disobedience to God. That's what has them right there. See, God, God desires for them to, to experience something new, but before they can experience something new, they got to return to him. They got to ask him for forgiveness. They got to repent for their waywardness. And once they do, God will forgive them, and he'll begin to move them out of that circumstance. So they got to return to him. Uh, God uses the prophet Isaiah to point out the waywardness and their need to return to him in Isaiah 43, the same chapter. Look at verse 24 through 25. And it says this, but you have burdened me with your sins. See, you don't understand how much of a burden our sins are. See, when we, we, God brings us out and we continue to fall, fall and fall, he, he said, you burdened me. He said, you worried me with your iniquities. But guess what? He said, I, even I am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. Listen, man, listen, God will do just that. He, he, not only will, will, he, won't, he not only will forgive you, but guess what? The Word says that he will even, he will forget about it. So you know that means that it's severed. You don't have to worry about walking around with it because if God forgot about it, if God's not holding it over us, then we don't have to worry about it. It's no reason for us to be walking around talking about what was and what we used to do and what we used to be because we can talk about who we are now and what God is doing in our life today and how he's cleaned us up and made us brand new creations. See, what he was doing, he was calling people to return to him. Now, the second re uh, 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 that it would ensure that we won't get stuck in the past is that we have to refocus. What? Refocus what? Refocus on the Lord. See, in this Western civilization that we live in, we got all the amenities that, that, that this life affords. See, we can go out and experience all the modern conveniences. You know, we are blessed to have access to just about any and everything that we desire. But you know what? This freedom can also be a trap. Why is that? Because sometimes our pursuit of happiness, uh, we, we stray away from the standards of holiness. See, in order to experience some of this life sometimes, we have to put down some of the things that God said for us. We, we, we have to kind of sway a little bit. You know, we're going to give in a little bit, but we gonna, we're not going to live according to his holy standards. So what we do is we lose our focus on what God has said and what his standard commands us to do. See, sometimes these things, uh, 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 what really becomes important and what really matters, we begin to push to the side a little bit because we're just enjoying life. 
But I, I believe that, that, that even with the result of COVID-19, when COVID-19 hit, hit its, 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 its hardest stage, guess what? We started experiencing change. We started experiencing uh, stay-at-homes, and, you, you, you know, everything began to change. And everything, you know, the things that, we, we, we were, that were so important to our lives, you know, some of these things got postponed. Some of them got delayed. Some of them even got shut down because of that. But I, I believe that God is trying to get us to focus on him. Now, I, I don't believe that, 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 that we should celebrate in any way things that have happened to people, you know, because there were a lot of people adversely affected. There were lives lost. But I do believe that God was trying to get our attention even in the midst of this. He wanted us to refocus on him. He took all the junk out that kept us from keeping our main focus on him. But guess what? Continue. Church continued. Guess what? We still had live stream. Guess what? We still were meeting across the airways. Guess what? Many people came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, just during this time over this last three months. If you compare it to the last uh, uh, period of time, even beyond that, there's no comparison. The number of people who are pressed in now and now have a new Savior, have a Savior in their life. Their life has been impacted and changed by the Word of God. Why? Because all that stuff got moved out of the way and what was left? Oh, God, now he, he, got his, he, got the, he got the clear pathway to get into our hearts and to begin to lead us and guide us once again. See, it's not so much the things that we were doing were bad things, but guess what? We, when we focus, we begin to understand that every good thing is not a God thing. See, even though we can do it, it doesn't mean it's going to be godly. It doesn't mean that God's going to get glory out of it just because we have an opportunity to do it. Yeah, because we grown. We always love to say, I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. But everything you want to do may not be what God has for you, and everything that you want to do may not be what God approves of you. And so, so we have to refocus so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. Look, when we be focused, we can say prayers like this. Look, Psalms 119 and 18 says, open my eyes. You're praying, God, that I may see the wondrous things of your law. Now that your eyes, now that you're refocusing, now you can begin to see the wonders of God. He's now beginning to, 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 to touch our hearts. We're beginning to understand him in a new and magnificent way. I think that's what, what prompted Paul in Colossians 3 and 2 to, 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 to say, say these words, to, to set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. See, the things of this earth are here, you know, but guess what? He says, you can still have some of those things. You can still experience some of those things, but put your mind on me. Allow me to be your priority. Allow me to be your focus. See, 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 that's what we need to do. Uh, see, God delivers us from our wilderness experience. You got to understand that, 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 that we can't go back to business as usual. See, we can't make a U-turn. See, if you plan on going back to what was, you're making a U-turn because God has already begun to birth the new thing. A dear brother of mine, he said it this way. He said, it's not about what you're going to do when you get through this pandemic. It's who you're going to be. And I don't know about you, but I want to be all I can be for God. I'm not trying to figure out what I'm going to be able to go back and do, but I want to be able to say, man, who am I? Now, I believe that I'm going to grow stronger in the Lord. I'm going to be more bold. I'm going to be more powerful that I can go out and do more exploits for him. And the final uh, read that will ensure that you don't get stuck in the past is that we have to recalibrate our hearts. Now, to recalibrate, to calibrate something means to adjust precisely for a particular function. 
Now, when something uh, uh, that was once calibrated gets out of sync, that, that means some adjustments have to be made. It has to be recalibrated so they can get back to its original function. See, so if you get out of sync, you got to get set back in place. See, I mentioned in the beginning, the children of Israel, they had a special place with God. And that's why, they were, they were, that's why God referred to God's chosen people. But because of their stiff necks and hard hearts, guess what? They needed to be recalibrated. See, they knew who God was. They, they understood. They, they, they received the teachings from Moses. And they, they knew about, you know, the, the Torah. And they, they knew the word of God. But they, they didn't live it. It wasn't in their hearts. It wasn't what guided them. So guess what? They needed to be recalibrated. They needed to be put back into their original state. You know, some of us need to do the same. See, I remember back, you know, you know, we always used to sing a song back in the old day. You know, I wasn't even in the church. I was around the church. But I remember them singing this song, Take Me Back. And I just be like, man, they're talking about take me back. He's talking about people used to sing, take me back to when I first believed. Why is that? Because when they first believe, your faith is strong. When you first believe, there's nothing that can shake you. When you first believe, there's no mountain that you can't go through. You don't even have to go around the mountain. I'm going straight through the mountain. It was nothing that you couldn't do. But as we go through this life, and as life happens, we begin to get a little weaker in our faith. We get a little less bolder in our testimony. And so, you know, we got to be recalibrated so we can walk in the power that God has set us in from the very beginning. Because guess what? His power didn't get weak. His power didn't start to wane. It's only us and our ability to continue to walk in the power that God has put us in, the power that he has given us, that we have to understand that that same power that he gave us when we first believed is the same power that we have today and that we can walk in the same way. Listen, they understood. They understood the word. They received the word. But the thing about it is this, they had a great leader. Moses led them on through. He, he, he was giving them the word. He was showing them God's way. But get, it doesn't matter if you got a good leader. If you're not following the leader, guess what? It doesn't matter how great the leader is because you have to follow the leader. But God wants us to follow him. He's the greatest leader ever that ever is and ever will be. And he won't lead us astray, but he will lead us down a pathway that will lead to victory after victory, after victory. But we have to understand something about the heart. See, this is the problem with the heart. Look at what Psalm 73, 26 says. This is what the writer says. He says, my flesh and my heart fail. Don't you know that this old heart of ours, you know, the Bible says our heart is desperately wicked. You know, I mean, that, you know, but guess what? When God comes into it, he can do what, he can do a new work in it. He can make our hearts be changed toward him. And if we keep our focus on him, our hearts won't fail us. It goes in to say, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That means what? I ain't depending on my fleshly heart. I'm not depending on my abilities, but I'm allowing God to shape my heart, to mold my heart, to, to, to do the things in my heart that I need to be done so that I can continue to be successful walking out this life. Listen, just like Israel, if we don't love God, if we don't follow his commands, you know, our hearts are going to change, and we're going to need to be recalibrated. Listen, over the past three months, you know, uh, we, we've experienced this. We've experienced some times now where we know we need to be recalibrated. Why is that? Well, we've gone through a whole lot of change. You know, we, 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 we don't work the way we used to work. You know, we don't even eat the way we used to eat. We don't socialize the way we used to socialize. You know, we're even looking at people strange now because of all the social unrest. 
We don't even see people through the same lens anymore. And so there needs to be a recalibration. There needs to be a change of heart so that we can be the, God, be the people that God had, calls, had called us to be from the very beginning. God has to realign our hearts with the things that come from above. And if once we allow our hearts to be aligned, realigned that way, guess what? Hey, it's full steam ahead. We're going to be able to accomplish his will. We're going to come into peace, and we're going to come into unity. We're going to come into oneness. You know, we're going to get rid of all this, 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 this hate and all these things. These things will disappear when we begin to line up according to the word of God. See, it's the wilderness experience that helps shape us. It's the experience. And right now, we're walking in a wilderness experience, whether you realize it or not. We're all in the wilderness right now. And see, the thing about it is this. Are you allowing the wilderness to, to, to refine you and to make you the better person? Or are you using your wilderness experience to cause it to be a complaint or cause it to make you worse or cause it to see how you can cause you to, to, to come up with ways where you can do things worse than you were doing before? But God wants us to, 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 to move forward. He doesn't want us to make a U-turn and go back to the way we were. So how do you keep from making a U-turn? Well, and we're going to continue to, to, to go through this series about not making U-turns, about being focused forward, but just, just, you know, going back to God, returning to Him. See, we need to have God in our life first and foremost. He has to be the head and not the tail. He has to be the lead and not the follower. He has to be our priority and not something that we pick up when we get an opportunity or when we remember it or think about it later on. That's what we have to do. We have to refocus. We have to get our sights off the things of the world and begin to think about the things that God is doing and what he has before us. Then we can begin to see the new things that we have to recalibrate our heart. And if you do those things, if you focus in that way, then you will experience the new that God has for you today. Come on, pray with me. Father, we thank you today, and we, we just praise you, God, for your word. God, we, we know that your word says, God, that, that you desire for us to, 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 to recall our past, not as a way, God, to, 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 to bring judgment on ourselves or Lord, to make ourselves feel less than who we are today. But just to recall the past, God, so that we can remember, God, all the great things you've done. Because our past, God, is something that you have delivered us from. Our past, God, we saw you work and move and, and deliver and set free. So, God, we can thank you for those things. Those are testimonies that we can say, God, we give you glory for. But, God, you desire, God, that we not live there that we not focus on that, that we not desire to go back to those things. So, God, you're telling us don't make no U-turn. You're telling us, God, that, that to forget the past, God, and press forward, God, because you got something new for us. And I pray today, God, that everyone under the sound of my voice, God, would have such a, a desire in their heart, God, to, to want to experience the new that is about to be unleashed in their lives. It's already begun. God, you've already begun, God, putting forth the new, and God, all we have to do now is plug into it, God, and begin to move forward. And we thank you for that today. I pray that everyone who's listening today, and also if you have a desire in your heart, you know, to, to know him as Lord and Savior, if today you're hearing me and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do just that. It's real simple. Jesus died. He gave his life for us. He went to the cross. He went to the grave. 
And on the third day, he got up out of the grave. And because he got up, he got up with all power. And he got up and he got up with heaven, with all power in heaven and in earth. And guess what? All we have to do is believe. We don't have to go to the cross. We don't have to be crucified. You right now, they're standing there and you're sitting down or standing wherever you are today that's in your sins. You can be made new today. And if that's you today, I just encourage you, if you would just repeat this prayer after me, God will do the new work in your life today. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that you are my Savior. I believe that you died and that you got up out of the grave. And because you got out of that grave, I can get up out of my grave of sin. So Lord, forgive me today for all of my sins. Make me the new creation that I desire and that you allow me to be in you. Lord, I thank you today for being my Savior and my Lord. Thank you today for saving me. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.